0: Welcome to Tapped In with Ashley. So how did, like, let's start from the beginning. Give me the background of where you grew up, any, all the, all the juicy historical glee moments.
1: Um, juicy historical glee moments, I like <laughs> that. Um, okay, well, you, you know that I grew up in the D.C. area, Ashley and I. I'm guessing people are going to hear this. <laughs> so yes. Ashley and I went to high school together and middle school, I guess. Um, Washington Waldorf. We went to a Waldorf school, very hippie, um, holistic learning. And that's a huge part of Juicy glee childhood. I think that being paired with coming from a multicultural household, my mom's Bolivian, my dad's Israeli and being brought up here, going to a hippie high school, kind of all meshed together, and is a huge part of why I think I'm on the path that I have been on.
0: How did your parents meet? I feel like those are very different nationalities, and yeah.
1: That's okay, awesome. so they they met at a club. Um, okay. sorry. So my mom. My dad wanted to talk to my mom because she thought she was pretty. My mom did not like my dad's shoes, so she wasn't really talking to him. But then I guess they talked and they liked each other. So they exchanged numbers, but my mom gave him her work number. Um, So he would be calling like in the evening, I guess, like when she was already gone from work. So she was like not answering. And I think they, I don't remember if they hung out once or they talked on the phone once, but basically like through like kind of broken English, my mom said that she was going back to Bolivia she met. she was going on vacation to bolivia to see her family now i'm moving back to bolivia but something got lost in translation he understood it as she's moving back to bolivia mm-hmm. so anyway one day like months later my mom like used to change her hair a lot like red blonde brunette he's like I saw this pretty woman just like waving at me and walking down the street. And I was like, Oh, who's this? And she's like, you don't remember me. And he's like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like, I remember you. Of course. Like, but I thought you said you were going back to Bolivia." And she's like, no, I was just going to visit and, uh, the rest is history.
0: And then that's so funny. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. So yeah, we went to high school together and then after high school, what is your trajectory into like what you're doing now?
1: Okay, yeah. So after high school, I went um, to St. Louis University, but I went directly to Madrid, Spain. They have a campus there. And I had the intention of spending all four years in Spain. Um, I was ready to break out of tiny little Waldorf and like took it kind of to an extreme of going just like to explore the whole world. And it was amazing. And Madrid is like one of my favorite places ever. Spain in general is amazing. And I'm so grateful. I got to spend two years there. Um, the school was, it was kind of like more of like a semester student school. I felt like, so it was really great for my first two years where I felt like I was getting, um, like your prereqs, like those classes, but I, I didn't declare my major until, um, pretty much the end of my sophomore year where I decided I wanted to do communications and international studies. And I could have continued there, but, um, it was also like really small. And I felt like there was just like some limitations of like the classes that I could take and also like going to Waldorf my whole life. I, kind of then realized I I wanted to do something like quote unquote like mainstream and normal just like for once in my life so then I transferred to the main campus in St. Louis Missouri which I like to joke was like more of a culture shock to me than going to Madrid because the midwest and the east coast are they're just so different um also like a really cool experience and I'm glad that I did it um yeah does that answer everything
0: totally I will say, touching on what you said about like Waldorf breaking out of that, even in my class, there are a bunch of kids who are just living in Europe or have just been like, I'm leaving and just kind of done exactly what you said. Yeah, I need to, you know, branch out and see the world. So and even to my personal experience, I'm like, I need to see everything and do the world thing. So I feel like Waldorf definitely fosters that in you. Maybe it's having all the exchange students come when you're younger. But that's so funny. You just mentioned that. Okay, so you're you college.
1: Okay, yeah, so I guess I just stopped at the first chapter. Yeah, so after like, <laughs> I came back to DC, um, I, I, for a little while I was like, I'm just gonna go travel everywhere. And I mean, I worked, like I was working as a server, but I didn't have like, I definitely didn't have enough money to go travel everywhere. Like I was like kind of fantasizing in my head. I remember my mom was like, well, who's going to pay for your insurance because like that's yeah. not an option. And I was like, okay, like all right, I'm coming back home and I'm going to work. So um, it took a little while to find a job, but I worked in international development. I worked as a consultant for almost two years. and then um, while I was working, I went and got my master's in organization development and leadership. And that's kind of what took me into being interested in coaching.
0: So what's the process of becoming a coach? I know, like, I feel like coaching is one of those things you see a lot of like the influencers being like, become a coach with me, but that's obviously not what you are. So what's the actual process of becoming a real coach?
1: Yeah, well, so, okay, so what the influencers are doing, I'm not like, I think there's like some stuff with, um, there's like different coaching things that go on there. I think like with nutrition and like, yeah, stuff like, I definitely don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, There is actually technically no official process. Um, There's nothing like mandated that you have to do to be a coach. But like, if you want to get accredited through the International Coaching Federation, which is like kind of like the top dog of like coaching, you have to go through one of their accredited programs, um, which I mean, some of them can be like a week, some of them can be like three months. It kind of like depends on what you want Mm -hmm. and then you have to do um 100 hours of coaching i think it's 20 hours are supposed to be free 80 hours are supposed to be paid and then you can take a test with them and then you can get your certification through them so i went through the accredited program with the icf um and i probably coached close to 100 hours but i haven't gone and Officially attack
0: through them. Yeah. Um, cool. So what drew you to coaching? that literally like, you're the only like, I know basketball coaches and sport coaches, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, so how did that come about?
1: Do you want the long answer or the short answer? Whichever one. Okay. So there's a bunch of different components to this. I feel like ever since I was a kid, like I've always been super introspective, always super self-reflective. That's just my personality like I remember sitting at Julia Roche's a girl we went to high school with shout out to Julia <laughs> um mitzvah and it was like I think we had to sit there for like six hours and we were like what like 12 13 mm-hmm. but I was like I I literally never minded doing that, not because I would be paying attention, just because like I would would just be like thinking, like reflecting, like that was just like my personality. I love to just like sit and kind of like think about things. So that was like what led me into my own personal development journey, at least in terms of like learning, not always on like acting on certain things that took more years of like maturing Mm -hmm. and stuff. So part of it is like, kind of like my personality. And then I also like naturally found myself in these coaching conversations, which I like looking back on, I see them as coaching conversations. Like at the time it was just like me kind of like conversing with like friends, Mm -hmm. um, but not really like giving advice necessarily, but like working out through whatever they're like going through at the time. And then it kind of like progressed into just not like friends, like, people that you meet out at a party in college or a random person you're having a conversation with, like somehow I always ended up in this sort of like coaching role. Mm -hmm. So then when I was um, working as a consultant in right after grad school, I, so here's the thing is like when I graduated undergrad, like I literally was like, okay like life has to be boring now like I have to get a job that like involves excel after my mom was just like yeah you're not traveling the world like I was just like yeah okay, that's realistic um you have to like it has to be boring you have you have to master excel I don't know why I had this like fixation with excel I fucking hate excel <laughs> um so I was doing that. And I just like, parts of my job are really cool. But parts of it, I was just like, really not fulfilled in and I definitely chalked a lot of it up to just being like entry level and like, kind of like paying your dues. But when I got went into grad school, it was honestly also because like, my boss at the time, and my parents were like, you need to get another degree, you need to go to grad school like this is kind of just like how it is right now. And I was like, fine like everyone leave me alone so I just like applied to one program I ended up like loving it and I'm so grateful I went to it one of the electives I got to choose because my I went to school for organization development and leadership so one of the electives was coaching and I was like I think I was either about to turn 25 or I was just turning 25 and 25 I think is like a pretty like milestone age for everybody where they're like reflecting on like what they're doing what in is life. life yeah yeah and so I think that like from the time I like got out of undergrad to that point I was kind of just like doing what I thought I was supposed to do like this is just how it is this is how you have to do things and I was always like I always kind of dreamed about this career of like working with people to like empower them or like supporting them and like building confidence and helping people through these issues but I was like it's just a dream. It's just a fantasy partially. And then partially I was always like, I'll do this when I'm really a, a full adult, really mm-hmm. this next time. So then when I turned 25 and I was like doing that extra like critical reflecting, I was like, oh my God, like I am in it. Like I am a full adult now. Like there's no, like, there's not when you're an adult, you're an adult now. So if you want to uh, do these things that you want to do with your life and you want to feel that fulfillment that you've felt in ways in the past through courses that you've taken at school or, or, you know, getting to go to school in a different country, you have to take action upon those dreams. Yeah. So then I signed up for a class and I started taking it more seriously, started actually working with people and coaching them, um, starting to try to put out like a little bit like more content on it. And that's kind of where it's how it's gone.
0: I love what you just said about like 25 being a mile marker. I'm like approaching that mile marker. And I, especially with quarantine. And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast of being like, what am I doing with my life? And (laughs) I I realized it's through talking with people. I have a bit of a selective memory. And so having these conversations and kind of being able to archive them and share them with people, I think is really good for me personally. So now that you're in it, like how, what is the process of you getting clients and like what, is your specialty in terms of like coaching people through and how does that all manifest?
1: Yeah. Um, so just, uh, what's the word prep, not preface. There's another word that I wanted to use, but I can't think of it. Um, <laughs> I'm like still very much at the beginning of my coaching career. Same. Right? In podcasting. So, <laughs> uh, well, sorry. What'd you say? I said
0: same, but in podcasting.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the process? Uh, it's either like for me right now, it's either word of mouth or on Instagram. Honestly, that's, I usually just post stuff there or ask people to talk to people that way. I call my coaching, um, self-leadership coaching. So I have my master's in leadership and I originally was thinking of just working with like executives to coach them, but I felt for me, that felt too limiting. And I think everybody is a leader, like just living your own day-to-day life takes leadership, you know, being a mom that like runs your family or any time of the day, like somebody is taking a leadership role for themselves or for Mm -hmm. others. And being a leader to me is understanding yourself so that you can connect with others. So what I aim to do is help people connect with themselves more so that they're able to connect with others. Because I've seen this in leadership roles, in personal roles, just personal relationships too, where it's like, if you don't know what's going on, why you're reacting a certain way, why something's making you upset or like where that spark of joy is coming from. And then you're trying to have, you're trying to lead these other people or you're trying to have this relationship with this, a friend or, or your parents or your romantic partner. If you don't understand where Ha- why you're reacting the way you're reacting or the feelings that you're having or the thoughts that you're having makes having those sort of interpersonal relationships a lot more difficult and often
0: a little less There's difficult. like a disconnect mm-hmm. yeah I love that I've never heard it put that way but that makes so much sense like if you don't know who you are and your beliefs and like kind of what's going on between your ears you can't communicate that let alone lead people and, and share a vision and all of that so I love that How yeah feel? and it's and it's and it's frustrating
1: <laughs> like too if you don't if you un, like if you have like a feeling or a thought but you kind of don't understand like where it's coming from or what it is or how to communicate it because it's like there's one step which is being aware that that's there but then there's this whole other step of like being able to relay what's in your head and what's in your heart to another person and I mean I know this maybe is starting to sound a little uh like mushier, but this is like this, I feel that this is the same thing that happens like in corporate organizations and with their managers and their leaders where, you know, they maybe are nervous or or anxious for like a client presentation or something like that, but they there are certain levels that they can't communicate, they won't communicate to like their subordinates. So they're just like treating them kind of badly or like not communicating with them enough. And like, it doesn't really like feel like a team or something like that. Okay. Well, if you understood maybe why you were so anxious, maybe you'd be able to communicate, like, I'm stressed. Like, this is going to help me. If you help me, do- I don't know. It I don't creates know. less
0: <laughs> disconnect between everyone. If there's actually like understanding. And
1: transparency.
0: Right. Totally. Yeah. Is that one of the most common things that you see when you're working with clients? Like the, that, that if they're trying to become a better leader or lead in their life, and there's a disconnect between them communicating with people who they're attempting to work with and lead.
1: I would not say no, it's not the most common. And I honestly wouldn't say that there's necessarily anything that's like the most common, like every, it come, things come out in, in different ways, but I, I think maybe they're reactions to things or like they're sort of like emotional they don't understand why they're getting upset about something at work they just understand that they're angry mm-hmm. you know so like they're like I had this experience where I lashed out in this team meeting but mm-hmm. um I'm trying to work on just like not lashing out and I that's great but also like let's maybe figure out like what caused you to lash out like were you feeling like nobody on your team supports you nobody's listening to you I mean I'm only talking about in an organizational sense right now mm-hmm. um, I don't always talk to people about organizational. I don't only talk to people about organizational life. I see people not understanding themselves and their reactions and their triggers and, and almost trying to like band-aid over it. Like, mm-hmm. Let, I'm going to just not, I'm going to control myself, which is really important. Like self mm-hmm. emotional self-control is, I think key to life, but also it's really helpful if you understand what caused you to lash out because then you can help deal with that. And then you won't have to have that emotional. You won't have to control it because you can heal that. Definitely.
0: That yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so instead of treating a symptom, you're treating like, the disease and the underlying issue. Right. right. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so you just said like, you don't always work with organizational pre- context. So just anyone could get coaching of like how to become, like you were saying, a better mom, a better significant. Yeah. Adult. Just like a, how to take that, Anybody, yeah, anybody that wants to take the leadership
1: of their life or like the reins of something they feel like maybe has gotten a little bit out of alignment of their, their vision for themselves or their values or like the space that they're in. Totally. It's, I, I love, would love my coaching to feel like almost like a sauna for people's feelings and thoughts about something that just isn't lining up for them in life. That could be something like you're not feeling confident. Or you need somebody, you need an accountability buddy for fitness goals. I can't teach fitness or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I can help with maybe some limiting beliefs that you have, or let's get to the cause of why you're not taking the next steps.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're like a hype man mixes with like a counselor mixes with like (laughs) motivation.
1: yeah it's a lot of roles it's a lot of paths but that's what makes it super fun but just like to disclaimer which i think is the word i was looking for before definitely not counselor because they are certified and yes. i don't that's a, that's the biggest difference with coaching and i think um, therapy is like coaching you look at the present and the future versus the past so i don't really work with people unless it was like let's talk about what happened yesterday not like your childhood
0: yeah <laughs> i wonder and this might be like something you encounter down the road but someone like hears about life coaching like this is so for me and they start on the journey and then I can just this might just be my mind running away with me but you're like yeah yeah we're great we're doing all this thing and then they're like (laughs) they this is where my mind just went because you said counselor that they just become you're like you need to go to therapy (laughs) oh
1: like me saying that to somebody yeah yeah yeah, well I've had like there's been times where people have not been been done both and I've done and I encourage both you know like it, it's two different parts of your life that between the ears yeah you might need support in both areas so you're
0: saying like it doesn't have to be either or like there are things that they you can work with with your coach versus like with your actual counselor they don't yeah. have to be like either or okay Absolutely. I just want to be like you have this deep conversation with someone and, and then you're like no I think I think therapy is better for you I mean, sometimes that's
1: the case where if you're doing like, um, a discovery session with somebody or they're interested and they open up about, you know, something that maybe is more mental health related, um, or some trauma that they're dealing with. Like, I don't have, I don't have the tools for you with that. Like I have some tools that help with anxiety, but not something where it's like, this is completely impairing your life. I'm not, that's not
0: the kind of support that I can, I'm qualified to give. Yes. So you just said a discovery session. What is that? Is that like an intro? Yeah. So it's just like, if you're,
1: um, you hear about like, oh my gosh, what's self-leadership coaching? That sounds cool. Like, let me read about that. Then you set up like a 15 minute call to 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Then you kind of just like talk to each other, ask any questions from me. Maybe I can gather a little bit information about you and like what you're working, looking to work on. And you kind of, you know, you hear each other's energy a little bit. Um, I don't think every coach in every client are a perfect pair. So it's important that both people feel like it's a good match. And that's primarily what they serve for.
0: Cool. So after that, like, is it typical for you to meet with your clients like once a week, once a month, or is it very based on the client, there's no real set schedule?
1: Um, there's not usually like a. I mean, you'll kind of arrange it when you start. If you have like a three month sort of package, then maybe you're gonna do that includes like six coaching sessions. So maybe once every three weeks, or whatever the math is on that. Yeah. Um, some people do once a week. I've done once a week to once a month. Um, it kind of you kind of just arrange how it works. With can you say
0: a fun story that you've had like with the client, or maybe a huge success, or anything interesting?
1: Um, so there is, uh, cl- like, I always say that everything that happens in the session is confidential and I don't share it. People have given me permission to share certain stories. And, um, I mean, I only say it's confidential for them. They can always say whatever
0: yeah. I have said. I don't know if I can say. Like, so I'm sure it's really good also for marketing when, like, someone potentially has a breakthrough or is able to achieve a goal. Like, you can be like, this person had this huge success and and I've been working with them for X, Y, Z days or weeks or months you know so I'm sure that that I think would make sense that it's a little bit looser
1: yeah um yeah I think always like if people are okay with it you can I I haven't really done that um I think just like generally whenever anybody has like any sort of breakthrough about like a belief that they've held for so long that they that has held them back so like what I was saying earlier about I had this idea in my head that like I can't like, who am I kind of to be a coach? Like, I'm too young, I have to be an Excel, like, this is what I have to do. When it hit me, I'm in it. Like, I am an adult, like, I can do this. I've been doing this. Like, why not? And it was just like this little belief where I was just like, Excel, 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 you know, like, why? It it was just this one thought. And once that thought was removed, I had this clarity and more confidence of like, telling you a personal story. But um, yeah, yeah, just when people have I, I like to do a lot of times. I'm we work on like sort of gaining and building confidence. So like I usually start with having people at the end of the first session write ten or so things down that they're they feel really like proud that they've accomplished or characteristics about themselves that they love. And so I remember one time somebody came back the next week and they had a list of things. It was very like um resume like very like very job related, but I didn't like. I didn't hear any sort of excitement when she shared these things. And mm-hmm. it was almost like she didn't like believe them. So I kind of like pushed it a little bit. And she said that she wasn't excited about them because these aren't really things that she felt. Like these are just things that she felt like she should have written down because these are mm-hmm. maybe things that like, you know, you've said that you, your boss at work says you wrote a great report, like writes great reports. But if you're not proud about that, then that's not gonna help with your internal confidence. So then she went back and did it again. And I remember her coming back with the things that she really felt confident about and just like crying. Like it was just like this breakthrough of like, oh my God, I do have these things that I'm so proud about in my life and that I do like about myself. And like, let's start like basing my, my happiness and like my goals off of this list. That is what Mm I actually feel versus this other list where I felt like I just had to put down because that's what. I, the world told me I was supposed to put down.
0: Yeah. I love that whole avenue you just took. Um, one of the podcasters I listen to is Chris Hogan. He's all about finance. And he talks about like, it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. And I think that too, it's hard to be lacking in confidence when you realize that you have things to be confident about, like whatever you focus on kind of comes to light. And along those lines, I definitely, I believe in like achieving goals. And a big part of that is mindset. Like, if you think you can do something, you can do something. Yeah. If, or what's that quote? It's like if you if you think you're right, or if you think you're wrong, either way, like you're right. It, there's if you
1: think you can, or you sure. think you can't, you're either way, you're you're right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you knew
0: what I was talking about. And I I so believe in that because if you if and I I think this speaks to what you were saying about the whole like Excel box that you put yourself in. You're like, well, if I if I don't have Excel, then I can't do this. I think that that's so true and that can be applied to all of life and all people. Like if you don't think you can do something or you think you need XYZ qualifications, and you can't do it. And I think females tend to fall into this category more. And I've definitely just seen that with a lot of my friends too. And that mindset and everything kind of happens between your ears and working on that can make a huge, huge difference.
1: Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but I work with women. That's who I coach. I coach women for self-leadership. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think your mindset and your self-talk is, and I will share a funny story with you after this is everything. And like you were saying society already with our gender roles has already trained us to be like humble and not boast and like almost like not be confident, like upfront Mm -hmm. So that does hold like a lot, you know, like I've always struggled with at jobs, negotiating salaries or, or even applying to a job that I didn't meet every single one of the qualifications for. I mean, I, once I became more aware of like why I wasn't doing that, I got a little bit better at it, but that takes like a lot of time and like a lot of awareness. So yeah, yeah, it's the mindset, like the, the awareness comes first and then the mindset comes from that. And then you're able to meet, I think that. Enables you to meet more of your goals.
0: Yeah. And I think you were ta- you were like making like a kind of box with your hands when you were talking, describing them. My- <laughs> and I always think of my like, we're raised as girls, like, cross your legs and kind of make yourself small. And I've never fit into that box because I'm a tall person. I've always been a tall person. So I've never been able to fit in a box. And I wonder if like my height has like kind of helped me with mindset make me because I've never been able to like shrink into the background because I'm because I physically couldn't really do that I wonder if that maybe helped my mental and obviously I I definitely won't pretend like I don't struggle with mindset and all that but I I do think that I have like a little bit more confidence than I should no you deserve every traditional sense maybe but and I I I just that just kind of came to me I'm like I'm a huge person and Not huge. I'm a tall person and it's something that I've always been. It wasn't like I shot up super late in life. I was always one of the taller people. Anything else you want to add? I feel like this was a really good conversation. I have a funny self talk story I can share. I'm pretty sure I told
1: Morgan the story last time I saw her. So I assume she'll listen to your podcast because she's probably your biggest fan.
0: Oh, she Um, is.
1: (laughs) So, Morgan, you're going to have to hear the story two times if this makes it. Um, But self-talk and mindset back like six months ago when the gyms were open, I was at a spinning class and I'll preface this by saying that I definitely work out, but like, I wouldn't call myself like extremely Mm fit. So I am at the cycling class and they put, um, like our stats like on a board, like up front. And I wasn't wearing my glasses because I don't wear my glasses when I go to the gym. So it's red's the highest green is, the lowest or blue's the lowest, one or the other. And usually I come in around last or second to last in the class because they tell you everywhere that you get. Um, which I don't it's rest- fine. And I think I and I normally was burning like around allegedly, like uh what was it? Like three hundred and fifty calories or something, maybe two hundred and fifty calories. I don't remember, but it was something like that. And sometimes I would make it to three seventy or two seventy. I can't remember. But Anyway, so this one day I'm like really liking the music and I'm like pretty into it. And I like look up, holy shit, like I'm like in the lead, like I'm in the uh, orange zone. It was orange and then red. I'm killing it. Like, and I like look around and I'm like, I'm going so hard. And I'm like, like, you are incredible. Like, how did you leap up and like get into third place in the class when you're always in the back? Who cares? You're there. So I'm going so hard all class the class ends, I feel fucking amazing, I squint a little harder, and I realized that wasn't me, that was the guy, like, way over there, that's in his full spin suit, and, like, totally going, and I was, like, oh, well, shit, like, I think I was only in, like, the, the middle zone, or whatever, and I was, like, kind of disappointed, but I was still like happy that I had a workout, a good workout. But then like they email or yeah, they email you your stats. And I got the email and I find and I had made it to like, it was either 300 or 450 calories, which was like my goal. Um, Not that that has to be the goal when you work out, but that was just my personal goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was literally like, it was literally just because like, I thought that I could do it. You know, mm-hmm. like I thought I was killing it, so I started killing it. Like there was no doubt in my mind. I was like the evidence is there, I'm in first place. I think I was like in the middle
0: this time, but definitely not <laughs> first. Place, but not last either. Yeah. Like that that is so strange to me because working out is like such an individual thing. Like if you feel yeah. you feel good, if you feel like you know, I just I don't the comparison that would freak me out even more. That would just make me not want to spin and I you know, and I'm also so bad at spinning, so that would just double my fear of going to that class so first of all credit to you for actually going to a class and then credit to you to actually having it up on the screen (laughs) because
1: it wasn't my choice it was just like up there um but yeah i mean i totally feel that i i think i just like it i i don't really look around as much i only see if everybody's in the red zone and i'm in the blue zone i'm like maybe you need to go a little harder but (laughs) like 90 percent of the time i'm just like not really pushing
0: myself Mm -hmm. but there's also like that's a great example one of the ones I've heard recently is like no one thought anyone could run a mile in under four minutes and that was the whole thing I want to say like in the 70s and then one guy was like I can they thought it was physically impossible there were scientific papers proving that humans can't go that fast and then this one guy was like I don't again I couldn't tell you the name I need to like have these facts and stories like written down before I start talking about them (laughs) this guy was like I can do it and so he broke it he was like 350 something he broke it by several seconds and then within that same calendar year four other people broke it as well so it's like once one person kind of proves it and like mindset shifts then a whole cascade of other things can happen and I think that that's so true too when you're working with people in leadership roles or in life like one little like what if Elon Musk was like just kidding I don't think we should go to the international space station it wouldn't be happening right now like but yeah and I think that like That to me
1: is one of the best parts of coaching is like, I have to lead by example. Like I have to practice what I preach. So like, if Mm -hmm. I am telling somebody, you know, that blah, 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 this is what you need to do or not need to do, but like, let's, let's think of a plan of how you're going to reach this goal or let's figure out your self-talk. Like I have to do that too. Like, I can't be over here being like a bitch to myself if I'm preaching self-love, you know? Totally. it holds you to this, to the standard, like you were saying, because you have people have to be able to see that
0: that's po- possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it make you like that goes back to like the not being qualified? Like I, I could see, Oh, because I struggle with this, I don't deserve to be teaching these people, but I feel like that makes you even more qualified because you're like, I relate because I have these issues too. And like, everyone has them. And this is how we can like jointly work through them together. Yeah, no, totally.
1: Well, I, in, within the sessions, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like thinking of that with myself just because I'm so like, it's so much list, like active listening. Like I'm very present for their stuff, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like I think any kind of coach, um, whether it's fitness or life, any sort of niche of life coaching, like I think you have to be like trying and working towards those same goals, but you don't have to have that all figured out at all. Yeah. Like, there's goals that like I miss or action steps that I don't take because I still have certain limiting beliefs in some areas. I yeah. work on it every day and there's area and I've studied quite a bit of it. And there's many areas that I've been able to overcome that, but that like a new area pops up something new in like the field or something new in my career. And it's something I haven't taken on before. So of course, like, I'm going to feel like I, a little bit nervous sometimes, or I'm not always going to have that perfect like dialogue in my head. Like I, I work on being aware of if there's a time where I'm getting down on myself and like think it through. But yeah, I mean, I don't think any coach, like not every basketball coach makes every free throw, not every like, no one is perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Totally true.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Now time for you to plug all of your places where people can find you and stalk you because that's a sh- it's definitely what people are going to do after this episode
1: <laughs> well it's uh my instagram's galit fabiola i don't know if anyone's going to be able to
0: spell any of that i'll list it all also below but i just like having people say it so that it's easier because it will stick in their mind for the auditory learners out here preach preach okay um yeah, yeah i mean that's pretty much it i just okay so instagram's the best way to like reach out to you yes perfect Okay, well, this was so fun. I'm gonna. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm gonna stop the recording. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, listening to it as much as I enjoyed having the discussion with Galit. She's so awesome, so please go follow her, go reach out to her if you have any questions about life coaching. She's a wonderful person, and I really am thankful for her taking the time and having this discussion with me. As always, if you're so inclined, please follow me on Instagram, and if you have any questions, requests, or anything in general, please shoot me an email at tappedinconnect at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and you guys tuning in next week. Thanks. Bye.